0: You're listening to the Hudson Valley Region Podcast, an official podcast of the New York City Church of Christ, teaching and worshiping God in the beautiful New York State counties of Orange and Rockland. Uh, today, I want to talk about this guy, all right? Jesus. You ever hear, hear of him? Yeah, of course you had. I'm going to talk about Jesus today, and specifically, I want to talk to you about his love for us as demonstrated through his teachings, All right, specifically, his love for us as demonstrated through his teachings. You know, we all know that, that Jesus loves us. And we've heard the story that Jesus has died on the cross for us. But that's not the only way that Jesus loved us. That is one way, and that is the way, the big way, that he showed his love and his care for us. But, you know, he demonstrates his love in so many different ways. And one of the ways is through his teachings. Psalm 119, verses 63 and 64 The psalmist writes, I am a friend to all who fear you, to all who follow your precepts. The earth is filled with your love. Lord, teach me your decrees. And the the psalmist is writing about the love of God throughout the world and connects it specifically with God's teachings, with His decrees, with the Word of God. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about Jesus, but specifically we're going to look at how Jesus loves us through the things that He taught us. So let's read together beginning in Mark chapter 4, verse 21. This is Jesus it says he said to them, "Do you bring in a lamp to put it under a bowl or a bed? Indeed, instead, don't you put it on a, on its stand? For whatever is hidden is meant to be disclosed, and whatever is concealed is meant to be brought out into the open. If anyone hears, if anyone has ears to hear, let him hear." Consider carefully what you hear he continued with the measure you use it will be measured to you and even more whoever has will be given more whoever does not have even what he has will be taken from him Jesus taught a lot of amazing things but when we look at this passage i think one of the ways that that, that we can see the love of Jesus through his teachings is this Jesus made sense I mean, you look at the first line there, it says Jesus is teaching and he's in the midst of actually teaching a lot of things here. But he says, do you bring in a lamp to put it under a bowl or a bed? Instead, don't you put it on its stand? And he's talking about us being the light and how we use our light. And when Jesus teaches... It just makes sense, right? He's just using common sense. Would you take a lamp into a room and then hide it under something? No. What he's saying is that he's saying you you take a lamp and you put it on the stand so it gives light to everybody. You don't need an advanced degree in Bible to understand the points that Jesus is trying to make here, right? We're a light and you need to shine, right? It makes sense. It makes sense. In a world today where things are confusing and there are many questions and people don't always know what's up, what's down, what's left, what's right. The beauty of Jesus and one of the ways that he demonstrates his love for us through his teachings is he just makes sense. There's many examples like this in the Bible, isn't there? I mean, think about the Sermon on the Mount, right? There's a lot of things in there that that, that Jesus just makes sense. He says in Matthew chapter 6, he says, don't worry about tomorrow. And one of his arguments about that, the reason is we shouldn't worry about tomorrow, is this. He says, how many of you can add an hour to your life through worrying? Right? I mean, it just makes sense. You know, a lot of us, we, we, we struggle with worry. and we, 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 uh, We're anxious or we, we, you know, we have trouble with worry. Well, you know, Jesus says, you know, are you really going to make a difference in your life? By worrying, it just makes sense. Can you add an hour to your life through worry? Of course not. Of course you can't. It just makes sense. Matthew chapter seven. Jesus goes on and he's talking about building spiritually. You know, putting our lives into the hands, in, in, in following his word, putting our, our, our lives into God's hands. And he says in Matthew seven, he says, "So build your life, build on the rock, not on the sand." I mean, it just makes sense, right? I mean, I'm not you know a carpenter right? Uh, I'm not an engineer, but if I'm going to build something that matters, I mean, you know, if you're building a sandcastle, all right, you know, that, you know, of course you build that on the sand. But if you want to build something that endures and lasts forever, it just makes sense. Build on the rock. Don't build on the sand. He also says in the same sermon, he says, don't store up treasure on earth. Why? Because rust destroys, people come and steal things, things break. Don't store up your treasure on this earth, but store up your treasure in heaven. Now again, I'm not an investment banker, right? That's not what I do, but that kind of just makes sense, right? If you got a choice between investing yourself in something temporary or something that lasts forever and is eternal, wouldn't it make sense to put your efforts into things that will last forever? I mean, that's what Jesus is teaching. And so Jesus demonstrates his love for us because we live in such a confusing world is that often when you read his 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 teachings they just make sense like oh okay all right that makes sense so the question for you and i today is this are you listening are you listening he says there in verse 23 it says in this passage we just read it says if anyone has ears to hear let him hear and then you think, what does that mean well jesus is saying listen if you if you if there's anybody out there if are, are you listening you, you got to pay attention the the teachings are clear if we pay attention to him, and so the answering the the question to us is are you listening or do you like the confusion sometimes you think well that's weird why why would you ask me that question? Well sometimes we like confusion right sometimes you know I've said this before. We're New Yorkers. We like a little drama, right? You know? Right? Don't we, you know? Sometimes sometimes we like confusion because we then don't have to put into practice the things that just make sense to us. That's the truth. And so, and so sometimes so the question for us is are you listening or do you like the confusion? Listen, I know not everything in the Bible is easy to understand. I know that. I know there are things that take a little bit more study. There's things that might be a little more complicated. I know that. I know not everything in our life is black and white. I know that. I understand that. There's plenty of things out there that are just opinions. There's plenty of things that are out there that are just our preferences. But my point is this. There are plenty of things that do make sense in the Bible to keep us busy. Right? Wouldn't you agree? And if we can put our time and our effort into doing the things that we do understand, that will keep us busy for quite a long time. In fact, it was Mark Twain who said, it ain't those parts of the Bible that I can't understand that bother me. It's the parts that I do understand. Isn't that true? It's not the things we don't understand that really cause us trouble. It's really, if we're really honest, oftentimes it's the things we do understand that make sense that give us the most how is it How is it that, that Jesus shows his love to us through his teachings? Well, one of the ways is his teachings, they just make sense. They make sense. Next, let's read on there, beginning of verse 26. He also said, Jesus continues, it says, This is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seeds on the ground. Night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seeds sprout and grows though he does not know how all by itself the soil produces grain first the stalk then the head then the full kernel of head as soon as as soon as the grain is ripe he puts the sickle to it because the harvest has come you know Jesus continues his teachings and there's a lot of stuff you can get out of that analogy there but one of the things i'd like to point out not only is Jesus's teachings make sense but Jesus also just kept it simple he made sense And he just kept things simple. This is another of one of his many farming analogies. Jesus isn't trying to give a lesson in farming here. That's not his point. He was trying to use an analogy that most people then would know in an agricultural society. And honestly, us today still understand. He's using a simple, basic analogy to teach us some deep spiritual points. And his, his, his analogy here is that of somebody going out to plant seeds. And so his point is very easy. It's very, it's very simple for us to understand. And and that is this we as his followers just really have two jobs we scatter seeds and we harvest right that's our job when you read that it's really simple it's not complicated we just scatter seeds and we harvest you know we have been called to save souls it baffles me sometimes when i think about that like god could do such a better job of saving souls without me right if he just bypassed the middleman and went right to You know, people, you know, I got the the privilege of, of being asked to speak at the campus retreat yesterday in White Plains. It was amazing. There were hundreds of college students together, and I got to speak. And on my way there, I was praying, as I always do before I get ready to speak. Just like, God, please don't let me mess it up. You know, God, you've given me a great lesson. It's right out of your Bible. It's your word. It's your scripture. Just don't let me fumble it. Don't let me get in the way. And I pray that often, always before I speak. And and it it just baffles me. It's like, God, you could do such a better job if you just delivered the lesson, right? If you just got me out of the way. But for some reason, God chooses to use people in his plan. He chooses to use us to help other people become Christians. That is, we have been called to save souls. But sometimes we make it complicated, don't we? Sometimes we're like, ah, well, you know, if I just can be, you know... You know, we, we if I could just be more this or more that. And we start to rely on our talent, you know, and when we're trying to help people know God. We start re- relying on our charm. Well, you know, if I could, you know, tell a couple good jokes first and work in, you know, a couple funny things. You know, we start using our Jedi mind tricks, you know, or, or, you know, this is the Christ you are looking for. You know, we, whatever we think we can do, we start trying to use ourselves. But the truth is, our job is simple, it's really simple. We just scatter seeds. It means we talk to people about God. And then when people are interested in God, we help them become Christians. We gather the harvest. It's just not that complicated. It's very, very simple. God is the one who makes it grow. We just scatter and harvest. And so one of the ways that God, that Jesus shows us how much He loves us through His teachings... Is not only does his teachings make sense, but he also just keeps it simple. It's really not that complicated. What God is calling us to do. I'm not saying that we need to be bumbling fools out there, you know, ah, blah, 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 blah. God, ooh, you know, I mean, you you know, you need to try to put together a coherent sentence, right, when you're talking to someone about the Lord. But my point is this: God can use anybody to do anything through His power. I think I've shared with you before about uh, years ago. I was studying the Bible with a cadet at West Point, and we sat down and we did a study about the, uh, the what we call the word study. You know, a study about God's word and the power of God's word. And we were sitting there at West Point doing this Bible study. And at the end of the Bible study, I said, "Do, do you understand what this is teaching?" And he said, "Yes." I said, "Do you believe that, that, that the word of God, that, that the Bible is the word of God?" "Yes." I said, "Great. Do you want to do another Bible study?" He said, "No." I was like, "Wait, well, hold on. You, okay, wait. Do you believe that this is the word of God?" Yes. "Do you do you believe do you believe that uh, do you understand what we're talking about?" Yes. "Do you want to do another Bible study?" No. Well, well why? I just don't want to. Oh. Okay. I didn't know what to do. I was like, "Oh. All right. So you get it, but you don't really want it." Yeah. All right. Okay. I mean, that was the end of it. And I was like, "Well, uh, okay. Well, you know, keep coming to church. Then I, I didn't know what to say. I'm like, keep coming to church. You know, keep coming to our Bible studies. Let's keep hanging out. And, you know, when you're ready, man, we can, you know, do more Bible studies. Like, all right, cool. And that was our conversation. I'm like, all right, well, all right, that, 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 okay, all right, I, all right. And I didn't know what to do. I was totally like, like I am now. Like, what, what do I do? You know? And, um, but a, a couple months later, I got a phone call. And this particular cadet over the summer was was running this program for West Point and he was in this leadership role and he called me up and he said, "Hey Phil, I just want you to know, uh I set up a Bible study for you." And I said, "You did?" Yeah, a group Bible study. I've got some uh some some uh some soldiers, and actually they were some of them were from the Air Force Academy a- as well, and they're they're together and they want to do a Bible study. I said, "Will you come and do it?" And I said, "Yeah, absolutely." I show up at this thing and <laughs> And he's got 12 people waiting for me to, to do a Bible study. 12 people. And he, he introduces me to them. I'm like, hey, how's it going? And he, they said, oh, hey. And then he goes, all right, see you later. I'm like, where are you going? He goes, i got to go to work. And I said, you're leaving? And he goes, yeah. So here I am in a group of 12 people that, I'm, that he had set up, right, getting ready to do a Bible study. And this is all orchestrated by a guy who doesn't want to study the Bible himself. My point is this is the power is in God. Right? The power is in the Lord. The power isn't in you. The power isn't in me. Jesus was just keeping it simple. He's like, listen, it's like a guy planting seed. You just scatter and you harvest. I'll make it grow. I can make it grow. That's God's point. And it was amazing. And actually, the, the, uh, the story ended with a couple of years later, that young man eventually turned himself in and said, you know what? Now I'm ready. He ended up studying the Bible, becoming a Christian, got baptized. And actually he's, he, he, he is, he became and is still one of my closest friends, lives in Texas. He's married to a, a part of the church there. He's married to a woman. They have three kids. I mean, he's an awesome, he's an awesome uh, brother. And so even that God worked in his life as well. But you just never know how God is going to work. You never know. You never know what God is going to do and how God is going to do it. But, but Jesus demonstrated His love for us through His teachings because He kept things simple. So let me just ask you some questions. Are you scattering? Pretty simple. Are you scattering? Meaning, are you letting your light shine? Are you talking to people about God? Are you sharing your faith with people? Do people know that you are a Christian? Do they see your light? Do you open your mouth? Are you scattering the seeds, as it says in that story? And the other question is this Do you know how to harvest? Do you know how to harvest? If someone came to you right now and said, Hey, hey, I need to become a Christian, teach me, would you know what to do? Or would you just say, Yeah, okay, hold on. Phil, can you get together with, yeah, you know, what would you do? Now I, I appreciate you involving me, and I would love to help out. But do you know how to harvest? And I'm not saying that to you. I'm not trying to make you feel bad if you don't. I'm not trying. This is not a guilt trip. I'm just saying. I'm just trying to get you to think. Oh, I should be harvesting? Yeah. Yes, you should. All that. that this analogy here is for for me and for you and for all of us. We all should be scattering, and we all should be harvesting. Some of us know how to harvest. We're just a little rusty. You know our our sickle, you know, needs to be cleaned up a little bit. You know what a sickle is, right? Yeah, it's a, it's a harvesting thing. All right, yeah. Now I'm making it complicated. Jesus kept it simple. <laughs> My point is, some of us know how to harvest. We just, we just hadn't done it in a while, right? We might need to just go ahead and shake off some of the rust and get back out there and start doing some harvesting, start doing some scattering of, of, of God's seed. That's what we need to do. But Jesus kept it very, very simple, are you scattering and are you harvesting? How is it that we see Jesus' love in his teachings? Well, we see it because Jesus made sense, and we see it because Jesus kept it simple, and we also see it because Jesus embraced the small. Jesus made sense, Jesus kept it simple, and Jesus embraced the small. Let me let me let me explain what I mean. Let's let me read, beginning in verse thirty. Again, he said, "...what shall we say the kingdom of God is like? Or what parable shall we use to describe it? It is like a mustard seed, which is the smallest seed you plant in the ground. Yet when it is planted, it grows and becomes the largest of all garden plants." With such big branches that the birds of the air can perch in its shade. With many similar parables, Jesus spoke the word to them as much as they could understand. He did not say anything to them without using a parable. But when he was alone with his own disciples, he explained everything. And so here you see Jesus loves us through his teachings because a the things he he says make sense B the things he says he keeps it simple but C he also embraces small things you know we live in a society and a culture where the bigger bigger is better right that's generally what we think we're like well if if i can you know if i can do this well if i can do it 3 times faster well then that must be better or 3 times bigger or 5 times bigger we like bigger things we equate bigger things with success and and that is true in certain circumstances but sometimes small is good too sometimes little is good jesus here uses the illustration of a mustard seed and says you know if you have if you take a mustard seed and you plant it right it becomes a big tree you know how big a mustard seed is Look at your Bible, right? Look at look at your Bible or uh, online or on, in paper, whatever you're using. Find a period. That's a that's about the size of a mustard seed. It's a, it's about a millimeter or two millimeters. That's how big a mustard seed is. It's tiny. Yeah, it's about the size of a of, of a period in your book. It's the smallest seed, but Jesus says it becomes the biggest plant. It even the smallest seed becomes the biggest plant and then goes on to provide shelter and help for the animals in, in, in the garden. Jesus wasn't afraid of small things. Why? Because he knew small things grow. You know, sometimes we think that if it's big, that's better. And sometimes big is better. But sometimes small is okay too. Sometimes little is small. God embraces The small. Why? Because small things grow and small things can change. This is a theme you see throughout the Bible. You see the Bible is full of great things that happened with small beginnings. Did you know that? Do you know the universe, the Bible says, began with just a word spoken by God? Big thing began with a small beginning. Did you know the entire Israelite nation Came from a single promise to Abraham. A big thing started with something really small. A sea was parted by a man who just raised his staff. And by staff, I mean, you know, a stick, not his group of employees, you know, around it, but <laughs> he lifted a stick, right? A great thing from a small beginning. You know, Jericho was defeated by trumpets marching and shouting. A big feat. A little beginning. Freedom of Israel was launched by a single stone from a shepherd boy's slingshot. Big thing, little beginning. David, one of the greatest kings that Israel had seen, was the youngest and overlooked and most insignificant brother in his family. They almost forgot about him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We got one more guy. One more, oh, David. David's the one who became king. Did you know that 5,000 people were fed? From a few pieces of bread and some fish. A big event. small beginning. Salvation for the entire world started with a baby in a manger. Big thing. Little beginning. God's not afraid of the small. In fact, one of the ways that Jesus loves us through his teachings is he embraces small things. He says God can use even a mustard seed Even a tiny little mustard seed, God can use it to do great things. God came to Gideon in the book of Judges and called him to to defeat the Midianites. A huge task. And he was afraid and he was overwhelmed. And God gave him some great advice. You know what the advice was? Judges 6.14. God said to him, Go in the strength you have. Take what you got. Start with something small. Go in in the strength you have. Sometimes we look around, right? And we compare. And we see other people. And we feel like, well, I'm not as talented as that person. Or I don't have as much money as that person. Or I have a lot more problems than that person. Or I have a lot more difficulties. Listen, go in the strength you have. Sometimes for us who are leaders, sometimes we may look at our group and we go, Oh man, if only I had a better group than my group. You know, I have so many people in my group who have weaknesses. We have so many issues. We can't even get everybody together at one time for a Bible. We got so many problems. If only I had another group. Listen, go in the strength you have. Start with what you have. That's what Jesus is saying. You don't have to be a superstar to become a superstar. You start with what you got. Jesus loved us because He embraced the small. Listen, God, God loves to create something out of nothing. I mean, that's like His specialty. You know, I got to tell you, I, 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 I know we've shared this a couple of times, but I am so inspired by our brother Scott Muscat. You know, a, a little over a year ago, Scott. You know, you, you, if you haven't heard the story, Scott decided that as a baseball coach at, at the local college here at Saint Thomas Aquinas, he just got tired of 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 only influencing young men in, in their baseball careers. And he said, you know, I, I want to add to that. I want to be able to help them spiritually as well. So Scott, on his own, decided he approached some of the, the brothers here, and it was his idea. And he said, listen, I want to start a Bible study. At St. Thomas Aquinas. I just want to start one. Again, just a mustard seed. Just a small little bit. I just want to start something. So he did. And he put up flyers around. And that little mustard seed has grown into a weekly Bible study with 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 15 students every week coming to learn the Bible and 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 grow and and it's amazing what god has done with it because uh we've studied the bible with a handful of people at saint thomas aquinas and none of them have actually made the decision to become disciples you know but but you never know how god's going to work because somehow the word got out in a neighboring college in nyack nyack college uh some some guys found out about the bible study and they started coming to the bible study and eventually that wasn't even part of the plan that wasn't even part of the original mustard seed the original mustard seed was just right on this one school but it spread and that's what happens and eventually eventually uh, baseball student uh, baseball players from Nyack college started coming out and as you and I have watched this past week this past what, what is today i don't know what what this past tuesday night they the, the fourth guy got baptized from nyack a fourth God. That wasn't even part of the plan. And now the fourth guy just got baptized. And you'll meet these guys. You'll meet the last two guys because they're at the campus retreat right now. But that's, that started small. And it's grown. It's just inspiring, right? And, it, and it's not anything special. It's not because Scott has super abilities that you don't have. It's just because he had a mustard seed. And he said, all right, let's do something with this. And it took time and it took faith. But it's been so inspiring. In fact, one of the guys, Chase, who is a grad student at Nyack College, who just got baptized a couple weeks ago, he's also one of the assistant coaches from their baseball team. And he asked me, he said, you know, will you come and speak to our baseball team? And I said, sure. And I said, what do you want me to speak on? And Nyack College is a religious school. So he said, bring the Bible, man. Bring the, teach the Bible. Preach the Bible. I said, all right. And so I showed up and they wanted me to, you know, preach on, on some, you know, strong topics. And I said, all right, I'll do that. And I show up thinking, right, that there's going to be like five or seven guys, you know, in a weight room, not really paying attention. And I'm going to be in the corner and be like, OK, turn in your Bible. So I kind of like didn't know what to expect. You know, I'm like, all right, I'll go do it if that's what you want. I show up. It was a classroom and there were 30 or 40 guys in there. The whole baseball team. That was crazy. I walked in and was like, oh, my gosh. And they weren't working out. They, they were giving me their undivided attention. And I preached, man. I preached it. I think I scared them all. I preached it. I, I can get a little loud sometimes. I know that. And so I, I preached. That's what they wanted. I That's what, that's what Chase told me. I did. I preached to them, and and it was awesome. It was great. And and I, I, I afterwards I thought, man, a year and a half ago, this didn't even exist. But it started small. It just started with with somebody having some faith. You see. Jesus loves us through his teachings. How? Because Jesus makes sense. Jesus keeps it simple. And Jesus isn't afraid to embrace small things. So the question for you and I is, are you embracing something small? Are you afraid to just have a mustard seed of faith? To say, okay, all right, let me do something. Let me, I just have it, let me put this before God. Let me just branch out. Let me see what God can do with the mustard seed of faith in my heart. How do we see Jesus' love and his teachings? Jesus made sense. Jesus kept it simple. And Jesus embraced the small. On Wednesday night, I'm going to close with this. On Wednesday night, I watched an epic basketball game. Now, I went to Syracuse University. I actually went to many schools. But I finished at Syracuse University. That's where my degree is from. I, um, I always tell people I, I, I squeezed my four-year degree into 11 years because I really wanted to savor college. But I went to Syracuse, so I'm a huge Syracuse fan. And there was a game on, Saturday, on Wednesday night, uh, uh, Syracuse versus Duke. Now, you don't have to be a Syracuse fan to know who the bad guy is in this scenario, right? I mean, Syracuse obviously is mentioned in the Bible, Acts 28:12. 12, look it up. Uh Duke, they have uh they have a devil as their mascot. So I don't know, you make the decision. You know, be a Duke fan or follow Jesus. It's up to you. It's totally up to you. So so you don't have to be a Duke fan in this scenario. I mean a Syracuse fan to to appreciate this. But but I I was you know, I, I was watching this game, and you gotta understand this game. Syracuse usually has a good basketball team, but they, they've really had a, a rough season and they've they've had some losses and they're really just struggling this year. So they really came in as the underdogs. Duke is ranked number ten in the in the country. They're the tenth best basketball, college basketball team in the country. So they're coming in as the heavy favorite in this game, and Syracuse is the major underdog. And again, you don't have to uh you don't have to under you don't have to appreciate basketball. To appreciate this, this is, I'm going to show you a clip. This is the last 14.4 seconds of the game. As you can see, going into the end of the game, the score is tied. 75 to 75 with 14 seconds left. They're in Syracuse. It's a record attendance. 30,000 people are in the Dome. I mean, it was amazing. It shouldn't be like this. It shouldn't even be close. It shouldn't even be tied because Duke is supposedly, and I'm using air quotes, the better team. All right? So, So that's, but watch these. Again, you don't have to even like basketball to appreciate this. This season could be hanging here. Could be NIT or NCA. Good defense. Kennard forces it. lightning has got it with so five working. seconds to go. They're going to pay attention to the clock. Gillen. Got it! Here it is. Oh, oh. Are you serious? Oh, the rope goes. Watch it again. We'll watch it one more time. In case you missed it, all right? Let's watch it one more time. Here it is. Slow motion. At the buzzer. At the buzzer, man, it, 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 he nailed a three-pointer, right? He beat, we, they beat, dude, I mean, it was crazy. People were yelling. I was yelling, and I wasn't even there. I think I was in my living room yelling. I think they could probably hear me in Syracuse because I was so fired up. I was texting everybody I could possibly think of, even people who don't care. Was, yeah, yeah. I was like, that was awesome. We were screaming. It was amazing. Here, let me show you this. I found one more angle of the same thing. I found this. This is a guy who had a, 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 his his iPhone, or his camera phone, sitting on on the uh, on the sidelines. guy right here. That's not me, but that would have been me if I was there. And that guy, you'll see him as he decides a little dance is in order. All right. They were going crazy. I was going crazy. I was so excited. And the reason I'm showing you this, all right, I'm trying to make this point. Here's my point. God is crazy about you. The energy and the love and the the, the the excitement that was there over a basketball game is the feeling and the heart that God has for you that 's why he gave us his word that 's why Jesus keeps it that 's why Jesus makes sense in a confusing world that 's why, why Jesus makes it simple when we like to make things so much more complicated that 's why Jesus when, takes the little things and makes them into something special and big why because Jesus and God—they are crazy about us. They love us. They care, he, he cares so deeply about us. In fact, in fact, there's a scripture that says in Luke 15:10. In the same way, in the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. One person. One person, the whole world can be turning away, but one person says, you know what? I'm going to turn to God. I'm going to give myself to God. I'm going to love God. And the Bible says there is rejoicing in heaven. The angels are fired up. The angels are screaming and clapping and jumping and yelling and screaming. And so that led me to to put this together. This is our brother Chase. This is our brother Chase, and that's Scott Muscat. This is Chase's baptism a couple weeks ago. We're going to close out with this video. Watch this video together. Uh, Do you believe that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, that he was uh, sent by God, that God incarnate, that he came, lived on the earth, was crucified, and uh, was raised on the third day? Yes, I do. And uh, what is your good confession? That Jesus is Lord of my life. Amen. Amen. gift of the Holy Spirit, forgiveness of all your sins, and be added to God's church. Amen. 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 Thank you for listening to the Hudson Valley region podcast. For more information about our ministry or to attend a church service, please visit our website at hvregion.com.